Hi, my name is Esther, and today we're going to be talking about the history of snake oil, tonics, and cure-all elixirs. Keep listening to find out what the hell happened. Hi, welcome to What the Hell Happened. I am here today with the duplicitous Mr. Lockwood. Duplicitous? Yes. Hello, honest Esther. Hi, I'm always honest. Mm. Unlike you. You're duplicitous. Um- yeah, I seem honest up front, but in reality, there's an alternative agenda. Yes. I picked this word specifically for our story today. Oh. You will see why. Good. <laughs> yes, not that you are duplicitous, but, you know, I'm, I'm running now out of- Now you're being duplicitous. I'm running out of words to you describe you. You just called you. me duplicitous, and then you said I wasn't. Yeah. I'm I'm just running out of words what do you, for you. What's your angle here? What are you getting out of all this? I'm trying to get you to quit. <laughs> you wouldn't quit, would you? Mm-hmm. You oh, you would. If you keep me mistreating me like this, mm. I'll be forced to quit. Well, you know how much Allison I need you because you listened to the last one, the last episode. I did. So. And <laughs> I can't remember the theories that you needed help with. Uh, I believe it was meteor meteorites. Oh, okay. Uh, could it have been meteorites? Yeah. Okay. But it's unlikely. Okay. Good to know. So if you listened to the last one about the Mystery Mile and the Phantom Sniper, Mr. Lockwood says yes. Would you like to know why? No. <laughs> <laughs> we have a new episode to do. Alice and I already did that episode. No. <laughs> Maybe at the end. What? How about at the end? But I have to now. Okay, fine. Go. You can cut me out and move me around however you want. Usually. What do you care? I usually do. Uh, it's the size of the hole is the problem. The size of the hole? Because it was tiny? Because it's small. Okay. So meteorites start out. Is it meteorites? Whatever it is. Whatever comes out of the sky. They call them meteors. Once it gets into Earth's atmosphere, it's yes. called a meteorite. Right. That's what I said, I isn't it? I'm yeah, pretty, pretty that's what you said. Pretty sure that's what I just said. Anyway, uh, as it's descending and blowing through the atmosphere at very, very high velocities, it heats up and melts away. Right. That's why most things like Earth is constantly hit with space junk. junk. <laughs> well, more like space rocks. They usually never hit the ground. The thing is, is as they're hurtling down, they're shrinking rapidly. And the difference between something the size of a bullet and nothing, as far as it hitting you, it would either it would have burned up all the way or it would be like the size of a baseball at the smallest oh. or, or maybe more like the size of a car if it hit you. It's just like there's this very, very, very low chance of it shrinking just to the size of a bullet. Well, everything that I read, and the reason I put that in there is because it said that the meteorites, when they hit the ground, they're anywhere from a baseball to the size of a pea. Yeah. So. And I, the other thing is. is the I, well, why are you contradicting that? The speed. I read that. If they are the size of a pea, they've slowed down enough once they're going to get to the surface that they then start falling at terminal velocity. Okay. There's a, lim- there's a maximum speed that they can fall at. And if you get hit with a pea-sized rock that's dropped from 10,000 feet Space. in the air, it's not going to hurt you. It's not going to go through you. It's not going to go through a windshield? Okay. No. Or the side of a car door? Not really. So your theory is Ant-Man. Yep. <laughs> okay. Or Magneto. 
Somebody's <laughs> shooting them. Okay, definitely Magneto. All right, well, good. I'm glad yeah. we settled that. Alice will be yeah. happy to hear that you agree with her. Yeah. If they were <laughs> real big, you know, they'd just crush your skull. Oh, well, right. Yeah. They wouldn't just go through. Well, they through would. You. They blew through a man's tongue. That's a weird one. I Isn't don't know that one. <laughs> I, know. I don't know that one. He must have been sticking it out at just the wrong time. Right, right. He thought he saw a raindrop coming and <laughs> turned out to be shrapnel. Yeah. It turned out to be a pea-sized meteor moving at 10 times the speed of sound. With a very good aim. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate That's it. That's all I have to add. We did miss you, just so you know. We I do. think you, you missed the punching bag. <laughs> I never punch you. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> the harassment I felt. I felt the harassment before oh, it even we had to poke, before I even listened. We had to poke you a little bit at the beginning, yeah. but by the end we were in desperate need of your science knowledge. I give you permission to make as much fun of me as you want. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I don't need your permission. <laughs> <laughs> would you like to hear a story? Yes, I would. You would? Yes. Okay. Well, Today we are going to be talking about the history of snake oil, tonics, and cure-all elixirs. Awesome. Yeah? Like real snake oil? Holy shit. So, Mr. Lockwood, what do you think of when you hear the phrase snake oil salesman? I think snake oil is actually rather strong alcohol with a snake soaking in it. Okay, like snake vodka? Yeah, and then oh. you just drink it and it makes you feel better. Okay, but like really makes you feel better or like placebo? Uh, the Everclear strength alcohol makes you feel better. Yeah, right before you pass out. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, I think that a lot of us know what calling someone a snake oil salesman means. Sure. But where does the term come from? I'm going to tell you. <laughs> where, Esther? I'd like to have me some snake oil. You would? I heard it works wonders for my goiter. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Why is it always a goiter? I don't know. <laughs> is it always a goiter? Yeah, it's always I don't a, have a goiter. mystery goiter. All right. Well, would you like to hear the history of snake oil and where it came from? I heard it'll fix my lazy eye. <laughs> I don't think it will. I think the vodka might. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Would you like to hear the history of snake oil? I heard if I drink the <laughs> snake oil, I won't need to sit on this donut no more. <laughs> Mr. No, it's not true. Mr. Lockwood. It doesn't cure hemorrhoids? Would you like to hear the history of snake oil? <laughs> yes. I think I was just demonstrating okay. what someone who might buy snake oil would say. Yes. Yes. You You are correct. Um, I'm sure people have said all those things about snake oil. wonder what else they've said. Well, listen, and you'll <laughs> find out. <laughs> In the 1800s, thousands of Chinese workers were coming to the U.S. to work on the Transcontinental Railroad as indentured laborers. About 180,000 immigrated here between 1849 and 1882, many being from southeastern China and belonging to peasant families. They signed contracts that could last up to five years and paid low wages. The Chinese workers were allowed to bring a few items along, 
which were various medicines, including one they called snake oil. Hmm. It was made from the oil of a Chinese water snake, which, being rich in omega acids, helped reduce inflammation. Snake oil, in its concentrated original form, was very effective at treating arthritis and bursitis. To use the snake oil, one would simply have to rub it on an aching joint after a long, hard day of labor. The Chinese workers eventually shared this oil with their fellow American workers, and they were stunned by its healing qualities. Mm. Are you suspicious already? (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) So, the question is, how did a legitimate oil with real healing abilities become synonymous with fraud and quack medicine? The origin of snake oil being a derogatory term can be traced back to the end of the 19th century when there was an uptick in popularity in non-prescription medications whose contents were incompletely disclosed. So basically like homemade concoctions Mm -hmm. that you had no idea what was in them basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bathtub brews. (laughs) Things are still like that. Oh, yeah, you can mix up your own natural solutions. Oh, go to the store and tell me what's in your shampoo. Yeah. Uh-huh. Paraffin. Y- you don't know what's in there? No. All those big words. What are those? Soap. Don't know. <laughs> Have no idea. It's soap. <laughs> and like 33 other things. These elixirs, tonics, and liniments were often trademarked and referred to as patent medicine. These were marketed as medicines in the U.S. during the 1800s and early 1900s, but were often of unproven effectiveness and questionable safety. They were often sold on the back pages of newspapers and promised to cure a wide variety of ailments, including headaches, female complaints, and even kidney trouble. Eventually, all of these tonics were proven false and began to be referred to as snake oil. Well, sir, you see what you need is some boner oil. (laughs) I keep getting these emails about boner oil (laughs) all the time. Does it work? Wait, how are you getting emails if you're from the 1920s? (laughs) Is it like a chain letter (laughs) where you have to tell 15 other men about boner oil? Or you'll be cursed. I don't, I don't know. I just I keep hearing about this boner oil everywhere. <laughs> okay, moving <Does> on. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> do you drink it or do you rub it on? <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Word of the Chinese snake oil grew and people began to explore how they could make their own version of snake oil here in America. Because there were obviously no Chinese water snakes in the U.S., many elixir creators began using rattlesnakes instead. This is where a man named Clark Stanley, better known as the Rattlesnake King, enters the scene. Is that him? Nope. Hold on. Hold. It's like, what are you talking about? The end of the the Civil War era? Yeah. There he is. He kind of looks like he might be a confederate yeah he's got the yeah confederate stash 
Course, he, he's wearing cowboy gear, so there's really no way to tell um, him. I'm not gonna lie; like if he shaved, he'd look like the man in the yellow hat <laughs> from Curious George. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got the yellow hat on, although it's in black and white, but it's probably yellow. He picked a pretty good Facebook filter for that picture. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, it hides a lot of yeah. imperfections. Yeah. So you don't think this is him? Who? Stanley. Sure. How are these people using email and Facebook? <laughs> I feel like you're confused about confused? Our, about the dates of our story. Mean? Are you confused about when this happened? Well, really, if you think about it, the way that the old pictures were taken, it was on a piece of, it was like silver oxide or something. Wasn't it called like tintype? Or? It was coated on like a piece of glass. Mm. And it just, it was very low resolution, as you can see. Yeah. Well, that makes everyone look better. Oh, it's okay. the same shit they do today. Okay. They buy these trillion dollar programs of making these super ultra high pixel count photo lenses Just that you take can literally a see like and blur your face. You can see the asshole on a fly from 10 feet away. <laughs> and then you blur it all up and hide all those pixels away so no one can see how good you're looking today. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the blurry filter to hide all your face imperfections. <laughs> yeah millions have been sold i just find it a little it's not ironic's not the word it's just comical. i know what it is it's snake oil <laughs> it is snake oil they're selling snake oil yeah. to people i i like how you how you unknowingly worked that in that what? was good that the picture filters were, are basically uh, like it's snake the motif oil. you use the word motif a lot <laughs> no well i like to tie in humanity even from the past with the present, we make fun like, ah, they believed in snake oil. Yeah. And then we turn around and go and spend half an hour on a filter. Yeah. So all of the people that see us in real life can't can see us in our own minds, how we look to ourselves. Right. Yeah. They don't, don't actually know. recognize us in person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, yeah. I don't know what, where that came from. All right. So let's talk about Clark Stanley a little bit. Okay. So Stanley was a retired cowboy and claimed that he had learned about the healing powers of rattlesnake oil from the Hopi medicine men. In 1893, he attended the World's Fair in Chicago, where he sold his snake oil and even did a demonstration. Stanley would take a live rattlesnake, cut it down the middle, and drop it into a large pot of boiling water. The fat would rise to the surface, and he would scoop it from the pot and bottle it right there on the spot. Onlookers would line up to snap up a bottle of the freshly made liniment. Here is an ad, like a magazine or a newspaper I'm familiar ad. I'm with that. I've seen that. For Clark Stanley Snake Oil Liniment. He claimed that the oil... There would, it is, boner. Oh, my God. Fixes boners. He claimed that the oil would help with frostbite, chills bruises, sore throat, animal, insect, and reptile bites. It was good for a man and a beast and gave immediate relief. It was, quote, good for everything a liniment ought to be good for. Rheumatism, neuralgia, sciatica? What is that? Oh, sciatica. And and boners. (laughs) Lame back. Lumbago. What is lumbago? Sore lumbar? Lumbar, yeah. 
contracted chords. <laughs> Con- like vocal chords? Maybe. Yeah, that okay. would make sense. Okay. okay. Toothache. Okay. Sprains. Swellings. Etc. <laughs> and boners. I think that falls under etc. <laughs> yeah. So apparently it's good for everything that you could possibly have an ailment of. I would say this is just as effective as the original snake oil. Yes. There's no reason it wouldn't be. Being like a rattlesnake, you think? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll find out. I have information on that. There were, however, some problems with Stanley's cure-all oil. First, it turns out that the rattlesnake is barely effective compared to its counterpart, the Chinese water snake. In fact, the water snake contained almost triple the amount of vital acid. Secondly, Stanley's snake oil didn't actually contain any oil at all. In 1906, the Pure Food and Drug Act was established to crack down on the sale of patent medicines, and this is what ultimately led to Stanley being dethroned as the Rattlesnake King. In 1917, a shipment of Stanley snake oil was intercepted by federal investigators, and they found that it was primarily made up of mineral oil, beef fat, red pepper, and turpentine, and contained zero actual snake oil. But it would work just as well. I don't, I mean. In my opinion. Well, I'm going to get you some beef fat and just let you go for it. Yeah. Okay. I recommend eating it. For boners? For anything. Oh, okay. Gotcha. (laughs) Just checking. The news of this was made public, and before long, everyone knew that Stanley was a complete sham. Do you think they just figured it out right then? Well, I mean. How many people do you think knew it was a complete sham, like, from the day that they saw it? There really is, like, a placebo effect, though. I mean, these people were probably so excited about using it on all their ailments that for a little while, they probably felt real good about it. Suckers? Well, yeah. I don't think everyone's a sucker. I didn't say that. I feel like it's implied, not by you, but just in general. Okay. Especially when you do the hoity-toity, like, we're from the government. We think this is, we know it's fake. And we know that everyone's too stupid to know that it's not fake until we tell them. <laughs> that's what I feel like that's implied, you know? Did you know that you're too stupid to know yeah. this is fake? <laughs> I can't think of any time I got told that in the last decade. So it is believed that this is when snake oil became symbolic of fraud. After the jig was up for the rattlesnake king, he was ultimately fined $20. Equivalent to about $430 today. Okay, that's fair. Sure. For violating the Food and Drug Act for the misbranding of his product as a remedy for all pain. He did not fight the charges, paid his bill, and went on his way. (laughs) So that mean you get to keep going the way he was? Well, I mean, I think that means that he made a shit ton of money and that money was not... Well, sure. ...was nothing to him. Well, do you think, like... I wonder if he said, say here, Mr. Government Man, how much snake oil would you say had to be in it for me to keep calling it snake oil? Yeah, I wonder if he did ask. And they were like, oh, just some. Just 1%. Yeah. And then then we get into the homeopathic, right? Yeah. It's like, well, I put a snake in that 5 million gallon barrel thing I made it from. It's got snake oil in it. Yeah. I put one tiny garter snake in there. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah, there's a, well, would they count it like they do um, 
Because I can't have gluten, they they count gluten in beer as parts per million. Parts per million. Would they count the snake as parts per million in the oil? It would have to be if it was in a giant vat. I mean, that's probably the standard way of figuring out how much is what's in. Whatever. But I would say it would still count as zero. I mean, there's just no way. Like, that is so little that I just don't even. It does count as zero. Right. Well, that's how homeopathy works is they do what you would consider a parts per million. It's more like parts per billion or whatever. But the thing is, is there is a parts per million that's so low that it's physically impossible for a molecule to exist in the container that you're Mm. buying. Okay. So that's what homeopathy is. There literally is no trace whatsoever of that thing that's in the homeopathy homeopathic juice right but they can slap it on the label because it was in the feedstock okay originally and then they just keep diluting it until it's like physically there's none in there right but they can still put it on the bottle that they put it in the bottle because it touched that molecule whatever that juice has touched one of those molecules five years ago (laughs) at one point before it got bottled huh that's interesting well I have here um, some different kinds of snake oil cures I'd like to go through with you. Our first one is cocaine. Well, now that's not snake oil. (laughs) Well, it is a kind of snake oil. (laughs) So it was prescribed in the form of a drop for the treating of toothaches. Made from a plant native to South America, it was invented by a graduate student who extracted the active ingredient from the leaf. This was part of his doctoral thesis. The drug was used for a while as a local anesthetic to numb pain in dental surgeries. This is likely how it came to be used as a toothache relief drop. The drops were sold for 15 cents a pop, and they were marketed as safe for children. The side effects are addiction. (laughs) (laughs) So I have... The side effects are lots of fun. Yes. So uh, just so you guys know what we're looking at, I have all these different ads. Um, Each one of these that we're going to go through, I have an ad for, and I thought that I would put these in and put them up on Facebook for you guys because they are just like a ton of fun to look at. Mm. (laughs) They are so ridiculous, and I cannot believe that we were like giving cocaine to children. Why? Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, okay... I'm just oh, going to throw this the out lie. there. Right. Yes. I'm about. Just so all you know, when she no. says she's going to be honest. No, I'm going to be honest now. I was out. lying before. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that works. Uh, I have been experiencing some extreme severe tooth troubles lately. And if somebody handed me a cocaine drop right now, I would totally eat that. <laughs> I'm just I think you saying. just drop it on your teeth, don't you? I don't care. I'll put it anywhere. I. <laughs> it's like lidocaine. I guess. It's all the same stuff. I I I need an apothecary that's selling cocaine drops. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I totally wouldn't do that, but I mean, I may consider it if it were a real thing cuz this shit has been crazy lately. <laughs> that is cocaine. And then obviously Coca-Cola did have some cocaine in their yeah. soda for a while yeah so. the people who made coca-cola figured out that if you made it real addictive Div. people would buy Keep more buying it. Right. now the sad part is they figured out they didn't even need the cocaine to make it no. addictive it's called sugar <laughs> it's called sugar syrup <laughs> now i'll bet you 
if you drank soda with only cocaine in it, you wouldn't drink it. But if it's got only sugar in it, you'll drink it. Probably. Yes. What's that say about cocaine and sugar? They're both addictive. One's worse. Yeah. Make your teeth fall out. <laughs> I think cocaine might make your teeth. I don't know. I don't know enough about no, it. No, but it's good for your teeth. It helps them when they're hurting. Well, it just it's a painkiller. Wow, well, yeah. You've had the lidocaine spray or whatever in your mouth before, haven't you? Or like those cough drops that have the... Yes. That's yes. the same stuff. Yeah. Those things are great. It's not cocaine. No. But it's a... Did I sound it's too an analog. sad about that? It's a chemical analog of cocaine. I believe it does not have the ability to like pass through your blood-brain barrier, so you can't get the the thing that most people that use cocaine are looking for. The hit? The the rush or whatever. The adrenaline? The buzz? This is apparent to me we've not used cocaine no. ever. <laughs> we don't know what we're saying. No. <laughs> the high. Yes, the high. But the lidocaine sure. or whatever that has... it's altered so that it gives you the numbing effect but it can't right. get into your brain yeah so those you, cough drops actually are amazing so I've, you can't get addicted to it yeah if you've never had those they're awesome if you have a really sore throat all right let's move on to our next snake oil remedy situation our next one is opiates <laughs> opiates were prescribed in the form of a syrup for the treatment of crying babies Made from the poppy plant, it was given to fussy and teething babies to make them fall asleep. One such brand was Mrs. Winslow's Soothing Syrup. Side effects include lack of appetite, alarmingly slow breathing, addiction, <laughs> and death. So, you know, uh, you should give okay. that to your babies. Those are the bad side effects. The good side effects are no crying, sleeping, no crying because death. No, because they're sleeping and they're chilling out, being happy. Breathing alarmingly slow. Uh, I'll bet you it fixes colicky babies pretty good. Probably well, satisfies okay. them. This is all about quantity, though. <laughs> right? All drugs are. <laughs> yes. Yes, but what if your baby's addicted to opiates? Well, you're an asshole. How many babies do you think got addicted to opiates? And then they cried harder because yeah, they, they didn't have harder. opiates. Yeah. That's messed up. Uh, I, d I would think not all of them. I think a lot of addiction, they're, I don't think everyone can get addicted to any drug. I think you can get addicted to certain ones that are mm -hmm. like your favorites. Oh, your favorites. And then most people won't get addicted Here's to. Here's my top three. So like there's always a percentage that's going to be addicted to opiates. Right. Or like cocaine or whatever. Right. But I've heard plenty of people like in my life, they're like, oh, yeah, I tried cocaine. It just wasn't my thing. But then really? they go, then they go crack open like, and drink an eighteen case of beer. Right. You know. That's, well, that's their thing. That's my thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So my thing is caffeine. Mm. Yeah. Ah, I like me some caffeine. Yeah. yeah. Coffee. Coffee's my. Yeah. Coffee's my crack. Chocolate. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, chocolate's good. Too. Also has caffeine in it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is caffeine addicts. <laughs> Calm down, tweet. <laughs> All right. Are these snake oils, though? Because these are drugs that actually do stuff. They are. I mean, when I did my research, they fell under snake oils Is because it, it was marketed. Because, yes, they were mismarketed. Oh. They, they did something, yeah. but not exactly what you were hoping they'd do. Well, I know where Pfizer got its playbook from. Yeah. <laughs> Should I cut that out? <laughs> Maybe that Only if they won't give us a contract for running ads for them. Oh. 
Wouldn't that be funny if there was a Pfizer ad right now? (laughs) Do you have problems with boners? (laughs) (laughs) If you do, I know of a blue pill. We've got a shot for that. Made by Pfizer. (laughs) Dr. Fauci approved. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on to the next one. So the next one we're going to talk about is strychnine and you've been chatting this one up for a minute here and you didn't even know it so strychnine was prescribed for fatigue lack of focus and sexual dysfunction (laughs) hold on we'll get there we'll get there alkaloid strychnine was sold in tablet form and marketed for students runners men and anyone who needed a multi-purpose boost Strychnine was most notably marketed as an aphrodisiac. Never mind that a mere five milligrams could kill you. Well, but (laughs) what are the doses there? They're not going to give you a lethal dose in one pill or whatever, are they? Or is this come in a bottle with an eyedropper? (laughs) It says it came in a tablet form. Oh. Yeah. I mean, you know, a mismeasured tablet would be Well, what if you just ate two tablets? It depends how many milligrams are in a tablet. What if it's like nanograms? You'd have to eat the whole bottle or something. I don't know. One brand of Strychnine tablets were called Nature's Gems, touting them as Nature's Energizer Pep Tablets for Married Men and Women. Enjoy life. Side effects include cold sweats, loss of consciousness, rapid heartbeat, and death. I like how it says, act now. Send today for your supply of gems in quotations. Ooh, did you see that they have a trial supply for $3 and a mm-hmm. king-size supply for $5 mm-hmm. for strength and night pep? Ooh, yeah. So what it does is it essentially amplifies the signal from your brain to your muscles. Okay. So it oh. is performance-enhancing to your body in that the amount of effort that you make in your head, like, oh, I need to really squeeze this thing hard, mm-hmm. it sends an even stronger signal, so it would make your muscles contract harder. Hmm. Now, the way you die from it... Yes, please do tell. ...is that at some point you take so much... That which, your like boner you said, won't very, go away? <laughs> <laughs> well, you take so much that you can't not contract all your muscles, and they all contract, oh. and you die a horrible, miserable death with... Like curled with up the in a ball? worst full body um what do they call it when you get like a your muscle like tightens up or whatever what do you call that contracting no when it gets stuck and it hurts lock jaw <laughs> don't roll your eyes i don't know your words <laughs> no like just uh, the standard day parlance of just oh i got a cramp what do they call that monkey bubble or something I don't know. Charlie horse. A Charlie horse. Imagine every muscle in your body becoming a Charlie horse and then until you die. That's what that's what strychnine poisoning is. I wake up with Charlie horses in my legs sometimes. And that is awful. I can't even imagine my whole body. I don't know where the fuck you get that word from. Charlie horse. But I know what it means. Okay. I'm sure everyone else does too. So anyway. Yes, I gave a very simplified explanation of okay. what strychnine does, but that's ultimately how, how it kills you, you, is it just causes all of your muscles in your body to turn on as strongly as they can, including your heart and your lungs and everything. Ugh. 
It would be like an agonizing oh, death. That would be awful. Like, that sounds like a horror movie. It is. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I think I'll uh, stay away from those. So it might not be worth. I would say a low dose of it though probably could have some quite <laughs> beneficial <laughs> effects. Boners. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I don't know about boners. I, don't know. But I just mean like, you know. Imagine a Charlie horse and that guy. If you were real tired <laughs> and you were like, you know, lifting I beams for a living or something and you just had that little extra oomph. <laughs> yeah, if you were lifting I beams with one hand. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> All right. You ready for the next one? <laughs> that was enlightening, though. Thank you. <laughs> All right. But I don't know about the night pep. Night pep. For strength and night pep. I like night pep. You do? Yeah. We could all use some more night pep. <laughs> we could use night pep when we're recording these. Because <laughs> usually by the end, we're like... Arr. The cocaine ones could have been na- nature energizer pep tablets. Maybe by that point, cocaine was already illegal or something. No idea. All right. Well, you're really going to like this next one. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Our next one is tapeworms. Oh, yes. I really want to try that. <laughs> tapeworms were prescribed for losing weight. In the 1800s, it was all the craze. Eat all night long and chase it down with a shot of tapeworm eggs. The claim was that the parasite eats all the food you just ate and keeps you looking lean and slim. The side effects are brain inflammation, seizures, and don't forget about the 30-foot-long tapeworm that will live for decades growing inside your body. (laughs) Will it keep me thin? Yeah, you still want one? Yeah. Except for, how will you stay thin with a 30-foot tapeworm in your body? You have to feed it. (laughs) This is like a vicious circle. (laughs) I have to eat to feed the tapeworm. Well, it's very thin. But I need the tapeworm. why they call it tapeworm. But I need the tapeworm to eat the food I ate. (laughs) Really, the tapeworm is the one being thin. Right. It's the one that keeps eating and stays thin. Can you even fathom actually thinking about doing this? I don't know. Would you eat tapeworm eggs? Do you see what people do to stay thin? (laughs) I just can't understand it. I know. I read this one and I was kind of like, I'm not super easily grossed out, but this, this hands down was like the most disgusting thing. The thing is, is even this, I don't think is really snake oil. Like, I think it would actually work. (laughs) I mean, mean, if you want to talk about snake oil, talk about like the diet and exercise freaking industry well and i think that's kind of what this is yeah you know alluding to that probably works a lot better than all the other shit they got on tv eat this and get thin drink this and get thin that will make you thin of course it might kill you and give you encephalitis but hey brain inflammation and you know what fennel butt or whatever that shit was back in the fennel butt fennel butt what that was a weight loss thing that killed some people i don't know and that that was in like the 90s or something Spell that for me. P H E N B U T. I've never even heard of that. Yeah, it's like a, it's like low grade speed or oh. something. I think. Fenna butt. <laughs> it sounds like a real smart yeah. person. All the baseball players and stuff were taking it. Look at Finn and I don't know. They anyway, should've, they should have been eating tapeworm eggs. There's been. They should have been. Yeah. <laughs> no, they shouldn't have been. 
Oh, it's so gross. I'm sorry. That one to me is just so disgusting. <laughs> like when I was reading that you could grow and harbor a 30 foot long tapeworm in your body, I was like, oh, God. No, no, no. Do we need to take a Should break? we look up some pictures no. of tapeworms? No, 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 no. Mm-mm. Mm. I thought you were going to give me gross pictures. Mm-mm. Okay, you look one up. I'll, I'll take a look at one. And oh, then, just one? Yeah, because I never get surprise pictures, so uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens here. We may have to stop recording so I can go throw up. What we should do is check, do these really make you lose weight? Well, see, and that's why the snake oil, like... Yeah. Did it really do that? I don't know. I mean, I've heard it, you know, before. Yeah, and it works. It, yeah. We, I mean, I think what's when the we, saying? Like, what do you got a tapeworm in there yeah, or something? I think when we were kids, we used to joke about it, but you know, I never really considered that it might actually like be something that people did at some point purposely. I don't know. That's a pretty gross picture, but I don't know if it's gross enough. Oh, I am not ready to see this. Plus, it's from like no. the Daily Mirror. No. <laughs> Man pulls giant thirty-two foot tapeworm out. Dot, dot, dot. Oh. Okay, let me see. Out of what? Show me. Did you even see it? Not yet. I'm I'm preparing Here. myself. Oh. oh, it's so gross. Ew, no, no, ew. It's wiggling. No, no. <laughs> what? Why is it pink? Why is it pink? That's what color it is. It doesn't look that bad. Okay. Have you ever had a dog that's had worms? I bet you with a little spaghetti sauce. Have you ever had a dog that's had worms? Um, uh, Probably. It is hands down disgusting when they poop or puke them out. It's the it's the most disgusting thing. This this you is just taking a turn. This is taking a turn for the All grocer. Right. I have a plan to take over the snake oil industry. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get a hold of that snake oil guy. The rattlesnake gonna, king? Yeah. And I'm going to get a hold of the tapeworm guy. And we're going to put the tapeworms in the oil. And we're going to sell tapeworm oil. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you think that cures? I, mm, I would say anything you wanted to cure. <laughs> and that's the point. <laughs> cures just, everything. Hey, just take a drink of that tapeworm oil. Just let it slither right down the throat. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so grossed out. I mean, is it just like... Well, I mean, at first, you got to start small. But as you get more and more customers, you get more and more tapeworms. I can't. I can't. It's so gross. Can we move on, please? (laughs) We're moving on. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) Sorry to all of you that are grossed out, but I just can't resist. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> Eat all you want. Prunes, royal macaroni. What is there? Mm. Caswells. You see down there at the bottom? Easy to swallow. <laughs> oh, I'm talking about the food that you're allowed to eat. They got oh. all this food on there. No, no, no. I'm talking about the well, worm yeah. the worm eggs. You don't eat the worm, you just eat, eat the, the eggs. eggs. Yeah, it's like caviar. <laughs> I think they're real small. Ugh. Okay, we have to move on. I'm, Olive oil. I'm like thoroughly grossed out. Chocolate milk. Okay, you have to stop All now. Right. Stop. <laughs> I'm like, I feel kind of gross. <laughs> All right. One of the more extreme stories that I came across in my research of snake oils was that of a man named Eben Byers 
and an elixir called Radithor. Oh, I know what that one is. Okay, you you can't you okay, can't I won't say spoil anything it. yet. Don't spoil it. That that's a fucked up one. Radithor was created by a man named William Bailey, who was not a certified doctor. He had dropped out of Harvard Medical School, but rather than find a new career, he decided to lie to people and said that he had graduated to earn their trust. The product, Radithor, was launched in 1918 in the United States. The benefits of Radithor were very vague, as the description only mentioned that, quote, it will enhance the vital processes of the body. This, however, did not stop people from buying it and doctors from prescribing it. Oh, man. <laughs> we'll come back to Bailey in a bit. Now, let's talk about Eben Byers. Eben Byers was born on April 12, 1880. He was fortunate to have come from family wealth that allowed for him to have a good education, even graduating from Yale University. Growing up, he was an exceptional athlete who won many medals in the early 1900s. However, his talent in sports took a back seat when his father decided that he was old enough to make him president of their business, Gerard Iron Company. Eben did, however, find time to enter into golf matches here and there and was kind of a big deal. He was good-looking, wealthy, and talented. One day in 1927, Eben was in the middle of a golf match when he tripped and landed on his shoulder. He experienced a sharp, terrible pain, and it was a nuisance for the remainder of the day. Upon returning home that evening, he decided that because the pain was persisting, that he'd make a call on the local doctor to make sure that his arm was not seriously injured, and also to see if he could get something to aid in the pain he was feeling. Evan got to the doctor, and after examining his arm, he finds that there is no permanent damage to the shoulder and tells Eben that there is a new medication on the market called Radithor. Oh my God. And he thinks it will help with the pain along with all of its other benefits. Of course, Eben trusts his doctor and without blinking an eye takes the Radithor and returns home. The doctor had prescribed one small teaspoon of the liquid a day. He began taking it daily as instructed, and after a few days, he was feeling much better. In fact... That's amazing. In fact, he was feeling so good that he continued taking the elixir for weeks after his arm was healed. One spoonful turned into mm. two, weeks turned into months, spoonfuls turned into whole bottles, and before long, Eben was consuming up to three bottles of Radithor a day and had been doing so for almost a year. Rough, right? In 1931, he had been consuming the potion for nearly three years when he began to have some dull, minor pain in his jaw. Within days, Eben's jaw had gone completely slack. He was unable to move it at all. Within days, his lower jaw was completely and suddenly detached and fell off. Like completely fell off his face. Mm -hmm. And here is a picture of that. Mm -hmm. Have you seen this? Oh, nice. So I'm going to put this on Facebook. It is gruesome. I will warn you. <laughs> um, there is a real picture 
of Eben missing his entire bottom jaw from the side and from the front. And in the front there, I think you can see, I mean, it looks like you can see right down his throat. Yeah. Um, It's pretty brutal. I could not believe this when I saw it. So I could. Yeah. So let me keep reading because I know that you know what Radithor is. So you see the magic cure-all tonic. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out it wasn't. (laughs) And high consumption made the tissue and bones in his jaw disintegrate from the inside. There was minimal pain because all of the nerves were also melted. I can't believe he made it three years. Right. So... What is in this jaw-dropping liquid, you may wonder? Do tell, Esther. Did you like my joke? Do you like my joke? Mm. What's in the jaw-dropping liquid? If you have to explain it twice. I don't know how you didn't get that. I was so proud of that one. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Damn it. Well, I hope somebody out there laughed. I thought it was funny. <laughs> I don't think anyone's I was, gonna laugh. When I hate I, to tell you. When I wrote it, I chuckled. I was so proud of myself. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> That's okay. I laughed at it. Wasn't it's that good. one obvious though? I mean you get to throw that in there somewhere, right? Okay. I think a lot of people are cringing. Wow. Oh. oh, they're gonna cringe when they see the picture. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go back to its maker. Mr. Bailey for just a minute. After dropping out of medical school, Bailey opened the Bailey Radium Laboratories in New Jersey. He and his team of chemists had done a bit of research on radium and found some hypothetical benefits for the human body. In their opinion. Hypothetically, yes. At this time, radioactivity wasn't a well-researched subject, especially as it pertains to the effects of it on the body. They did know that in high doses, it could kill a person, but in very low doses and well-distilled with water, it could be beneficial. So, in short, Eben had been drinking three bottles of radioactive water a day from 1927 to 1931, when he stopped. Eben had consumed over 1,400 bottles of Radithor. I feel like you have feelings about this, but you're not saying anything. How long did he live after that? Well, I'll just keep reading because I have that answer too. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll just keep going. If you want to just gather all the bits and then talk about it i just i know what this is so i knew where this was going and it's awful it's real awful the medics tried to remove all the putrefying tissue from his face and surgically construct him a new jaw that would make him look less disfigured oh wow yeah they didn't do a bad job for back then Uh, right those surgeons were way more advanced than uh, the doctors that caused the problem i would say (laughs) Don't drink the snake oil. I can't believe he actually, like, right. recovered. If you just look at, like, from the nose up, I mean, he was a handsome man. He was a very good-looking man. It's unfortunate that this happened to him. Because of the amount of Radithor in his body, his vital tissues and organs 
were also disintegrating inside of him. He was ultimately, this was ultimately his demise. He died at the age of 51 in 1932. So he quit drinking it in 1931. He only lived a year. I was going to say, yeah. He only lived a year afterwards. His entire body was probably cancer. Well, the entire inside of his body was basically being disintegrated into sludge. Disintegrated? Yeah. Cell death. Okay, sure. So it's um, it's like uh, gangrene. Uh, yeah, it's gross, is what it is, yeah. and it's. I couldn't even. I don't even have words for this story. <laughs> A piece of his face fell off. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. What do you mean you can't imagine? You just saw. You don't need to imagine. I like wrote this and read it and then saw the pictures. All I could think was like, oh, my God, I hope my jaw doesn't fall off. Well, you need some of that radioisotope (laughs) drink. No, I am not drinking the radioactive water. Radium and thorobarium. What was it? Radithor is the name of what they were selling. Yeah, it's radium mixed with thorium. Okay. And which are two radioactive substances. Why were we giving this go to back, people? Go back to the bottle. Mesothorium, yeah. So that is the true story of Eben Byers. Just remember that, fans. Next time you go to your doctor, think twice about what they're saying and make sure they're not blowing we can't smoke give, up we your can't ass. We can't give medical advice. I guess telling people to get a second opinion isn't really <laughs> medical advice. but I don't mean that. Yeah. Just keep your critical wits about you they hand you something in a little bottle and it doesn't actually say what it does it has a skull and crossbones on it and they go just yeah. take three of these a day yeah probably don't drink that <laughs> unless it says it's for boners and that's what you want i'm joking <laughs> do exactly what they say no don't do that wait i don't know we don't know we're not we're not we're not doctors don't listen to us except don't drink poison we know that <laughs> well his doctor told him to drink that <sighs> Yeah, that was a rough one. I, I, I hope. Of course, that... he didn't tell him to drink three bottles a day. No, uh, no, and it wasn't even like he was addicted. Like, can you? You can't be addicted to radiation, can you? No, it's what it is. Is it's like when people get an idea and they think it's the be all end all thing, and they're just right. gonna do it to the end. Right. Like you remember the guy that turned blue from drinking? Um, oh, silver. We're gonna talk about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're not done yet. This was kind of the main story, but I have. Yeah, so um, there is no real theories section. So I thought we would discuss some more modern or current, if you will, examples of snake oil. I do think it would be interesting to know what the, there's got to be a name for the phenomenon of when you like get taken into the the snake oil and you really do think, I mean, it's. You're a sucker. Placebo. (laughs) Yeah, and you're a sucker. Right? You get addicted to a placebo. You're a sucker. That's what this guy did. Yeah. Like his shoulder got, felt better after a couple of days. I don't, everything I've ever heard feels better in after a couple, a couple of days. days. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I can't, I don't, I don't know. Like all I know is the man's face fell apart. And... But I feel like everyone's done something, you know, some kind of energy shake or, sure, you know, oh, I'm doing smoothies now. I feel better than I've ever felt in my life, you know, and then they just do it until like, you know, oh. it just doesn't work anymore. Oh, they- I, I take, I like get on this thing where I'm like, I'm taking a multivitamin yeah. and then I take it for a week and I'm like, I feel great. And then I forget to take it for like three months and, and then I take yeah. it again for a week and that's well, just Well, I was how it thinking goes. more like, you know, just... 
fad diets well or yeah whatever just right. fucking muscle milk or you know and all your <laughs> friends are sick of you talking about it and they're sick of you watching you carry around your weird lunch bag full of all this goop and whatever and they're just like god damn it man will you like lay off that shit and they're like no but it's helping me it's me <laughs> i feel better than i've ever felt and then like you know before you know it, you have no friends <laughs> three days like three weeks i don't know a couple years later like the doctor's like you're gonna die if you don't stop, stop doing drinking that. muscle milk <laughs> This is what happened. This is the worst example of that, but that's what that is. I knew as soon as I said Radathor yeah. and looked at your face, you were like, oh, God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't even get me started on the, the radium women yeah. that were painting watches with radium paint. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole different episode. Yeah. That's but, a sad one, yeah. too. This one was literally really a snake oil. Like, it was something that they really had no idea what it would do well, to people. wrong. Well, or they people did. People did know. Or they people did. People who knew about radiation. Knew. Just ask Madame Curry what she thought about it. Yeah. She probably thought I would melt your face off. She found that out. Yeah. We're gonna talk about, like I said, more current examples of snake oh, oil. Oh, good. We need some good ones. So, here are a couple current snake oil, um, current snake oils and their salesmen all right so the first one we're going to talk about is colloidal silver oh yeah colloidal silver is made from tiny silver particles suspended in a liquid and it is the same type of metal used in jewelry dental fillings and silverware colloidal silver supplements often promote that silver can boost the immune system fight infection and treat cancer there have been no really good studies evaluating these health claims. When taken by mouth, the silver builds up in your body and results in a blue-gray discoloration in the skin and is usually permanent. Side effects include seizures and organ damage. <laughs> and here is the dude I'm sure yeah. you're talking about. It's called metal poisoning. <laughs> uh, yes. Do you think that's real? I do. You don't think they just painted that there's, guy and put him on TV? There's more pictures of other people. He's not the um, only one. Like, it's a real thing. So I definitely have been given colloidal silver in my life. You have? Mm -hmm. I took it. I just about spit my tea out. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid. Really? Oh, yeah. For what? Uh, Probably like a cold or something. How? Flu. Like by the spoonful? What are we talking here? Yeah. Yeah, a spoon full of it. Your parents gave mm -hmm. you colloidal silver. Mm -hmm. They've given me a lot of things. This explains so much. Maybe that's <laughs> when everything went for the turn for the worst. No, I you turned out okay. Oh. <laughs> that's why I'm confused. Well, maybe it fixed me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You're not blue. He, Mr. Lockwood is not blue, just so everybody knows. <laughs> He's a normal skin color. He's a ginger, so he's very pale. He's not... No, I Silver look like that blue. guy. No, you don't. <laughs> um, yeah, so I have a picture of a guy here whose skin has literally turned blue. And if you've ever heard about this, you're going to know he that you've seen like this guy. He was on like Jerry Springer oh, or something. He was on all oh, those yeah. old talk shows. Yeah, people were yeah. chatting him up. But I did see a bunch of other stories and pictures of other people's before and afters with the colloidal I silver. bet he doesn't get colds, though. I don't know. Maybe he's he like. He probably feels great. He's probably still alive. I bet he feels great. Right. I remember seeing this guy in the 90s and he was old. So he's probably still alive. He feels better than ever. Yeah. 
That is so weird. I don't know why you want to do that to yourself. And I'm just stunned that you have consumed colloidal silver at some why? point in your life. I don't know. It's weird. Who does that? <laughs> Homeopathic people do that. Okay. And lots of people take it, and I'm sure are fine, because they're not drinking bottles of it. Okay. Well, this guy must have taken it every day for A most teaspoon of his life. A teaspoon is probably not going to... I don't think it's going to help you, but it's no. not going to hurt you either. Anyway, that was one that I knew of that I had heard a long time ago, obviously, when this guy was on Jerry Springer or whatever. Well, I mean, silver does have good antimicrobial characteristics. Now they're starting to put silver in bandages for surgeries. Oh, interesting. So it's got silver impregnated into it. Okay. And then they put that on like a major surgery wound, you know, after they stitch it up, staple it, and it prevents... Infection? Like a lot more... It's a lot better at preventing infection than other... Hmm. types of bandages that's interesting so I didn't know that, that is like real okay the real surgeons and so everything this guy's use healthy that. as a horse is what you're telling me <laughs> he has no bacteria in his body at all i don't know all right <laughs> the other th- you don't know you have no. to know how it works you know no. maybe just by making it so it's water soluble it doesn't yeah. affect bacteria that's we, very possible i think we should uh email this guy <laughs> i wonder if he's still yeah. alive but if you have an infection you know rub that silver dollar all over it, it might help <laughs> I love running, rubbing money all over my body. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, that's why we're doing this. Uh-huh. Because it's just bringing the money in. Uh-huh. Yep. Coins. <laughs> just nickels, really. Okay. So let's move on to our next one. Uh, our next one, I don't know if you've ever heard of this one, but I think you're going to like it. It's a little bit culty. It's called Miracle Mineral Solution. Or MMS. No, that one I've never had. Okay. Sorry for yawning. So, Miracle Mineral Solution was marketed by the Church of Health and Healing by Archbishop Jim Humble as a cure for, well, just about anything. Say that again. Okay. Miracle Mineral Solution, or MMS, was marketed by the Church of Health and Healing mm-hmm. by Archbishop Jim Humble. Every word in that <laughs> name of that thing is Jim Humble. It's like amazingly good. Just it's yeah. all so positive. He's so humble and he yeah, wants to help he you. He can't possibly be lying to you. He's humble. No. Correct. And he's the chief arch archbishop of the Health and Happiness Church. Let me continue. Okay. So self-proclaimed Archbishop Jim claims that he was chosen to come here from the planet of the gods in the Andromeda galaxy on Earth. (laughs) Totally awesome. I was determined to end one with gusto. (laughs) On Earth, during a mining expedition, he says that he discovered purification drops for water and reasoned that if the solution could purify water, then why couldn't it purify the body as well? He goes on to claim that the drops cure malaria, autism, allergies, cancer, diabetes, high blood pressure, strep throat, surgery wounds, and much, much more. So, what is this purifying solution? Chlorine, I think. Well, it's bleach. (laughs) Hey, I got it right. (laughs) You did get it right. So, all you have to do is add three drops in a glass, add 12 ounces of water, and drink. 
and you are ready to fight any ailment that comes your way, at least for the next hour. Three drops in a whole glass of water will last for an hour. So you basically need to drink 12 glasses of this a day. What do you mean it lasts for an hour? That's what that's what he says. Oh, that's what he says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You put three drops in a glass, fill it with water, drink it, and you're good for an hour. Well, for all of you who are drinking city water, which is probably most everyone, it's already got chlorine in it, so don't worry about Jim. He's You're already covered. Wait, so they stole his product? <laughs> maybe Jim has like, convinced the world to drink chlorine. Yeah, or maybe Jim's from Andromeda. <laughs> Probably, if he convinced the whole world to drink chlorine, he's got to be pretty special. I don't think he convinced the world to drink chlorine. Well, then how come the world's drinking chlorine? According to studies, the side effects of consuming sodium hypochlorite are renal failure, internal bleeding, and other life-threatening effects. In short, you should never consume cleaning supplies or start a church based around that concept. (laughs) (laughs) The end. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm so glad you liked that. So sodium hypochlorite is table salt with an oxygen tacked onto it. Okay. Which so makes it bleach. Which makes it bleach. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he's promoting putting bleach in water and drinking it. Yeah, but that's what we all do. If we drink right. city water, everyone has that. So how's come though I watched all these like things on him and his weird health church and you know, how they show you how to put the bleach in your water and whatever. But they also had interviewed doctors and, you know, uh, scientists and stuff that were like, uh, no, this can be really bad and cause renal failure, internal bleeding, whatever. Yeah. Why Why would they say that if it's already in our water? Well, they just put it at such low concentrations. In the water? Yeah. Is it three drops per so many ounces? Like, is that... It's a probably, lot? oh, yeah, you can uh, sanitize water for drinking, like take a gallon. I think you put like three drops. In a whole gallon. Of bleach in a gallon. Okay, well, this guy's putting. And on top of that, you actually let it sit for a few hours, and most of the chlorine evaporates out. Let it sit with a cap off. Yeah. Gotcha. I think. Yeah, no, yeah, no. This guy's like just putting three. So that's a lot more than, yeah. Yes. I mean, I think it takes very, very little to sanitize like a okay. gallon of water. I wondered because when you said that, I was like, well, then how's come these scientists were like, like, don't do this? But haven't like, you ever been somewhere where, like, a, in a city and you smell the water and you can smell it? Well, yeah. 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 So that's anyway. how their, that's how their treatment plants work. They use chlorine to kill yeah. everything. So what do you think? Would you join Archbishop Jim's cult? Oh, yeah, most definitely. (laughs) I mean, I hate to say it's a cult, but it seems a little culty. I think it's more of a cult up your alley. You're more of the fan of chlorine in the house than I am. (laughs) I just like to wipe the counters with it. (laughs) I'm not trying to eat it. I'm trying to bake it into your food. (laughs) (laughs) So what did you think? I'm still sad about the radium. It's a rough one, you guys. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm like debating not putting it up, putting a link to it, but I feel like I got to put it you up. You know why it bothers me? It's because like even this, the MMS health, mm-hmm. I would say, first of all, most people are not going to drink 12 glasses a day. And if they do, that amount is probably not going to hurt you. So it's not harmless in that it's taking advantage of people, but at least it's not like, it's probably not killing people. 
But you know what? I th- I did watch where there were some claims of people that I'm died. sure some people overdid yeah. it. Yeah. There's always someone that overdoes it. Well, if three drops is good for me, then 15 is better. But the thing is, is like the radium one, yeah. yes, this was a case of someone that overdid it. Oh my God, he drank so much. But the thing is, is that anyone that took that stuff probably shortened their life by years. Yeah. Because it would drastically increase your chances of getting cancer. Right. Even just a, like a spoonful yeah. a day for like a week yeah. is probably I mean, really bad. And there's like, there's a lot of semi-radioactive things that outside of your body, you know, like you could be like, here, hold this block of uranium. Yeah. It's very, very low. Like I know I remember went to a, like a science museum one time, you know, yeah. and there's a chunk of uranium there. <laughs> And it is like very slightly radioactive. It's yeah. like natural uranium or whatever, not not like weapons grade uranium. You know, yeah. But it's slightly radioactive, but it's harmless to you because it's like the kind of decay that it has. Your skin just stops it. Oh, okay. But if you were to eat it mm, or lick it, it could be very, very bad for you. Oh, like yeah. really bad, especially if it were to like stick in your body somewhere. So like this radium stuff. That's a disgusting thing to me. It's uh, just like it's disgusting yeah. that somebody who did attend a medical college who just didn't graduate would just think like I'm gonna feed this well, to people. That's you know, the disgusting. To be fair, part. they probably thought it was amazing stuff, and they didn't have. You don't think there was a tiny bit of negligence. There's so there. many people. All of us are vulnerable to. We think this is the next big thing, and we just believe it. And I mean, it happens to all of us, me included. Hence the snake oil. Yeah. Man, that one's just brutal. And the problem is, is the people that hurt, they didn't even know it was that stuff because it nope. would have affected them a long time later. Other than this, other than this yeah. guy, right? So that one's just. Can you imagine yeah. just chugging that stuff? <laughs> what was he thinking? I mean, I just for all of the people that think that good intentions can cause no harm, yeah, yes, they can. You have to be careful. Yeah, they can. So I don't know. I'm like real paranoid about my jaw falling off now. <laughs> well, as long as you're feeling pain, you're in good shape. I'm gonna. When the pain stops, I'm gonna have bad dreams. That's about when you're that. in trouble. Yeah, this one messed me up a little. The yeah. picture is a little bit gruesome. It's sick. So look at the flip through the pictures with caution. If it's you're awesome. not, if you're not good with gross stuff like this, I mean, it is awesome. <laughs> maybe skip too. past this one fast. It's. Right. I don't know. There might be a way to like blur it unless you click on it purposefully. I'll have to see. But I mean, there's snake oils alive and well. I know that. Yes. You know? Yep. That's why I wanted to do yeah. some more modern kind of ones. I think we could probably think up some more bigger snake oil schemes. All new MML's Health Genetic Therapy Recovery Guidebook. First edition. <laughs> I hope there's not a second edition. <laughs> What the hell happened, Mr. Lockwood? Some people dumb got fooled. Yeah. Tapeworms and jaws falling off. And this was one wacky, weird feeding cocaine to your children. I mean... I don't suggest any of these things, by the way. I just want to put that out there. Disclaimer, we do not suggest doing any of these things. Maybe that's why all the old timers always have that, like, you know, back in my day, things were a lot better. Yeah. Because (laughs) they were giving me cocaine all the time. We were eating tapeworm eggs, <laughs> eating cocaine for boners, and drinking radium. It was a real good time. I had a lot of night pep back then. <laughs> Tell me boner fell off. 
time to say goodbye. All right. <laughs> See you next time. If there is one for me, I might have gone too far. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye. Do you have a story that's weird or fascinating? Would you like to have your story read at the end of an episode? If so, please send your story to wthh.podcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing your stories. If you'd like more episodes and bonus content, join Patreon to become a member. If you liked our episode, please remember to like, rate, and review. Thank you for listening.